0: Right. Good afternoon, apes. And thank you all so much once again for joining us here on our WSO Daily Peel live stream. I'm, of course, David coming at you live from the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. But for this live stream, we had to take uh, a bit of a, you know, we had to step out of the office a little bit, and run down to the Capitol building. We're talking today about the world's greatest hedge fund until we had to come right to the foot of the steps of Congress where that hedge fund is actually based out of. We did try to break in to Congress as well, but it's on January 6th. Yeah, we got to wait three more days. Um, We should be able to, I think, is pretty much how that works. Uh, So we should be looking good on that for relatively soon, and we'll keep you guys updated. Of course, a lot more to go over in this edition as well, but we're getting started a little bit later than usual here today. That's why, you know, we use Good Afternoon. It's about 12, 14 p.m. on wednesday january 3rd 2024 so once again happy new year to everybody markets are off to a rocky start again we're continuing this wave of bad vibes that we've been getting since the last trading day of 2023 personally not a fan at all but hey we'll see what happens out there it's not like my portfolio would be going up anyway but still seeing all that red is relatively depressing what we got for you guys today once again is of course daily peel number 618 we're going to be going over all of the big events yesterday that's leading into the market moves here today most importantly, beginning with some manufacturing data that we received from the S&P as well as some out of China as well. That seems a little bit contradictory, but hey, we'll dive into that and explore what those possibilities could be in just a little bit. We also got some major moves from stocks like uh, we got Moderna and Citigroup having relatively solid days. Rivian, you know, not a good day at all. Missing delivery numbers. We'll dive into that just a little bit. But most importantly, it was Apple completely killing the vibe of the entire market. But it really wasn't their fault. It was more so somebody else. that we'll dive into once again in just a quick second. Then we got one of the best reports of the year shouting out the world's greatest hedge fund. Once again, I'm at the foot of their uh or I'm at the steps of their door here. So we'll dive into that in just a little bit. But unfortunately we did get 2024 off to a relatively rocky start. NASDAQ had a 1.63% loss while the Dow was managed to eke out a gain of about seven basis points but overall a relatively red day to start off 2024. Not the ones that we like to see once again but hey maybe we'll get a turnaround we're still well within striking distance of that all-time high it's just going to take some positivity out of the fed most likely and we'll certainly be sitting on our hands waiting for that. WSO Alpha managed to actually outperform our benchmark for the day. It might be the first time in human history that that's ever happened, but we only lost 51 basis points compared to the 163 bips lost by the NASDAQ yesterday. Keep in mind, we do track off of the NASDAQ because we like a challenge, not that S&P. That's too easy to beat, just like we did in 2023. So we figured we'd step it up a little bit and go for the NASDAQ here. But all right, let's get into the main story of the day. So we got a tale of two, a tale of two cities, a tale of two economies, a tale of two manufacturing reports it's a whole lot of tales of two going on in this edition here today what we got yesterday was SP Global PMI reports essentially telling us uh what purchasing manufacturers or purchasing managers excuse me are seeing uh when it comes to you know a lot of the data coming in new orders and all that other good stuff that comes along with it essentially this isn't a huge report or anything you know it's not like it's incredibly important or very market moving hardly anybody really even pays attention to it besides a nerdy ass economists, but You guys are here for the nerdy shit because that's what we love to provide here at the Daily Peel. Nerdy degeneracy. That's what we live for. And so this is definitely more on the nerdy side. We'll get into the degeneracy in just a little bit. Getting to the report. According to Essence Standard of Poor's, they do this. uh, They run their own PMI report in addition to the kind of official numbers that the government actually does. And according to them, the United States... Not looking good to end the year it looks like our pmi slipped from 49.4 in november to 47.9 in december to end the year keep in mind anytime you're below 50 that's technically going to be a contraction but the more below 50 you are the more contractionary the manufacturing sector is looking tough way to end the year on that front looks like santa claus wasn't working too hard and especially his L's weren't working too hard otherwise those numbers would be way up and clearly nobody was working too hard over in china as well but We did get a little bit of a contradictory report on the PMIs from China. So on Sunday, we got it from the National Bureau of Statistics, which is probably one of the most dystopian sounding names for a government agency I can imagine. But hey, they came out and said that PMI wasn't looking too good to end the year. They said it had fallen to about 49. But according to Standard of Poor's, their PMI had actually risen from 50.7 to 50.8 in December bit of a contradiction there but it's just different ways that things are going to be measured and reported it's always interesting to see the government coming up saying that it's worse than a private corporation would so don't know which one you guys want to trust there necessarily more the vibes were pretty off on tuesday when it came to uh if you actually looked up any reporting based on uh china's manufacturing or anything like that it seems like the markets are paying much more attention to the national bureau of statistics so good to keep in mind of because heading into 2024 it looks like manufacturing may be in a good bit of a slowdown there it does represent a huge part of the economy despite being incredibly boring if I don't say so myself uh but it's just one thing to be aware of going in especially as we have the jobs report coming up on Friday and then earnings season beginning later on next week definitely going to want to be aware of what's going on in the overall economy but let's ignore that for now and go into some of the fun moves from yesterday because this is what we're all really here for now Moving on to Moderna, this has been one of the most volatile stocks of the past couple of years. It's a great one to follow, of course. Still down about 75% from September of 2021 peaks, but yesterday was a nice relief from all of that pain and suffering. We rose just over 13% as uh, basically some news came out Oppenheimer is expecting Moderna to do the opposite of BOM going forward, especially as it comes to those COVID-19 sales. And I believe we do have a bit of a video here from Yahoo Finance to check out to give you the quick rundown. So we'll see if we can get that pulled up real quick here. Moderna may have seen shares slide nearly 45% in 2023, but it is kicking off the new year in positive territory. The stock surging today after Oppenheimer upgrades the stock to outperform. The move comes in part due to the biotech company's COVID-19 vaccine sales expected to rise in 2025. Joining us now is Oppenheimer analyst Hartaj Singh. Hartaj, it is good to see you. So you're a believer now, uh, Hartaj. Moderna, you go to outperform, your target is 142 how come, Artaj, Explain to us why why you think Moderna is now a buy at these levels. Great. Thank you, Josh. And Julie, thanks for having me. And happy new year to everyone. The best in 2024. Uh, I mean, look, uh, you know, when we downgraded the stock in 2021, uh, we actually pointed to a few things uh, that we thought were worrisome. We've been checking those boxes, especially over the last six to nine months, um, you know, starting with COVID-19 vaccine revenues. Um, you know, there were about 100 million shots given in the U.S. last year. This year looks more like 50 million. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I, we expect that trend to sort of be the bottom going into 2024 and moving forward. Um, so, you know, if you believe that COVID-19 vaccines uh, sales have sort of, uh, you know, hit a hit a bottom going forward, that. All right. I, I'm sorry. I can't take the nerdiness anymore there, whether he's right or not. We got a $142 price target from Oppenheimer out there. Like I said, that's the opposite of expecting them to bomb going forward. Moderna does have some crazy shit in the pipeline coming over the next 12 to 18 months. Crazy shit is the technical analyst term, by the way. So uh, you guys would probably want to jot that one down in your notes. But essentially, they have like a combined COVID and flu vaccine coming. And they're even trying to develop a cancer vaccine as well. Like I said, some crazy stuff coming on that front. I am the furthest thing from a from a scientist or a doctor as they come, but hey, that sounds pretty dope to me if you get vaccinated against cancer while getting vaccinated against fucking the flu, COVID, and whatever else people get vaccines for. All right, moving on down to Citigroup here. Basically, this reminded me of that time back in like 2016 or whenever that the Crips and the Bloods teamed up to defeat ISIS. Uh, Wells Fargo and Citigroup seemed to team up to assist our portfolios or the portfolios of anybody that helped Citigroup. Because Wells came out and they blessed their counterparts over at City by saying that uh, the, smaller ba- or the, large, the smaller bank, Citi is much smaller than Wells Fargo. The smaller bank is looking pretty good. They're expecting shares to have the potential to even double over the next three years. They bumped their price target from 60 to 70 for the next 12 months, however. And uh, over the next three years, it looks like the story of rate cuts and then the longer term restructuring going on at Citigroup instituted by still relatively fresh CEO Gene Frazier is going to be driving that upside whether or not you buy it literally or figuratively uh, let us know what you guys think on that one of course below but it's always good to see the crypts and the bloods getting together moving on down to Rivian absolutely piece of shit day to Kickstarter 2023 really tough scene in terms of their uh vehicle delivery numbers now things were looking good on the production side at first They had actually beat their production targets for the quarter and for the full year, but that doesn't really matter unless you have anybody to actually sell that inventory to. And clearly they did not or they did not have enough to actually kind of uh, impress the market to say the very least here. So increasing that inventory cost by having to keep these things on the lot is never a good scene. Plus, it shows that demand for these products might not be as high as the ridiculous valuation that Rivian get is justifying. But either way, tough start to the year so far. We'll see if they can turn it around. Moving on down to the real main story of the day here was the absolute shitshow performance from Apple. Thank you to Barclays analysts for completely killing the vibe to kickstart markets in 2024. They woke up and said that the world needs a lot more haters this year, and they decided to take on that role themselves. Basically, they downgraded their view on Apple. They actually issued a sell rating on the stock, which is almost unheard of when it comes to the largest company in the world. But turns out they might not be the largest company in the world for too much longer. Microsoft is gaining on their heels. They're within just a couple of basis points of each other so that very well could be a big reversal of 2024 and microsoft or even something like saudi aramco could potentially become the world's most valuable company saudi aramco is probably going to have to wait on some uh, gains out of actual oil prices we haven't seen that in quite a while but apple might be losing the crown as the most valuable company in the world thanks to the analysts over at Barclays. sorry to anybody who holds that in your portfolio all right so let's move on to the fun story of the day the world's greatest hedge fund so First and foremost, we got to shout out the team over at Unusual Wales for putting this absolute masterpiece together for the fourth year in a row, I believe, because it kickstarted back in 2020. Uh, But essentially what they do is go through all of the reports that senators and representatives have to issue. Essentially, when you're a member of Congress, you're obviously privileged to uh, non-public information. And these guys love to trade off of that. And it seems like there's absolutely no Uh, consequences for doing so but if we go ahead and take a look in here we can see a lot of the traders in congress in that comparison against the s&p 500 where is the s&p 500 you ask oh yeah it's all the way down here at the bottom in yellow i mean as tough as this is to see you know people like these representatives and senators and whatever the hell else they are outperforming by a ridiculous amount 238 percent is absolutely obscene but it's really embarrassing to see some members of congress actually underperforming the s&p it's like You guys already have this privileged information and you're still underperforming. That is absolutely humiliating. I mean, if we insider traded over here at WSL Alpha, I can't even imagine what the results would be. Now, that team is a bunch of room temperature IQ, so it is tough to say that they would outperform anything. But still, we like to think if we had insider information, we could make it look at least a little bit better. But essentially, the TLDR is that uh, Congress has actually kind of taken a step back from all of the insider trading or insider trading i should say to uh cover us from you know uh whatever that shit is called uh defamation or whatever the hell else it is but it looks like there's some borderline insider trading going on because a hundred members of congress are still trading their absolute asses off playing on individual securities whether it's digital assets stocks options anything else like that that's all the stuff that the guys over at unusual whales actually track for them they came out in the report and although things are getting better there's some absolute degeneracy going on Was one of the biggest ones being from former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and her husband placing at the end of December here, buying back into NVIDIA options after she divested earlier in the year due to identified conflicts of interest. So she did the right thing, went ahead and divested, but it doesn't look like that divestiture lasted too long. Really interesting report. Go ahead and see how your senator has been trading lately. Give them a call. Make fun of their performance if they're underperforming. Just have some fun with it. Why not? But the big questions going forward is if there's ever going to be some actual change and some ethics brought into this, uh, you know, is an outright ban on individual securities going to be necessary or the best option? And whose portfolio should we be tracking in 2024? Is Nancy Pelosi still the goat in terms of congressional traders or is somebody else coming to steal her throat? Either way, let's finish up as we always do with a quote from a very wise investor, Mr. Paul Samuelson, who said investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. Two of my favorite activities. But if you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. I actually can't remember the last time I went out and touched grass. I'm sure you guys are very similar here. It's certainly not going to be happening today or anytime in the near future. But hey, that's the way we do it over here at The Daily Peel. Thank you guys once again for joining us on this live stream. I promise I'll shave a little bit tomorrow so I look less like a homeless person when I come out here. But either way, I always appreciate you guys coming out and uh, letting us know your thoughts and what's going on. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks again and happy trading. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.